Guys, I saw this crazy fact today. Did you know 106% of churches now do everything online? Really? That sounds unbelievable, I have to say. 106? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you guys, you know that Hope Church has a lot of stuff online, really. Yeah, if you just want to like go find their contact details, you can just go to their webpage. Cool. They, they offer all kinds of services. Really? Yeah. I wonder, can it be for free? I think we should tithe as well. Dad, that's, that's not, not how tithing works. Really? But have you actually tithed this week? I'll just quickly go to my phone. No, you don't have to. You can no. give online. Really? If go, yeah, if you go to their giving page on their website, then you can tithe. <laughs> uh, no phones at the table. Oh, Jeeves just texted me. He wants to remind us about the prayer meeting on the 14th of July at 8pm. We mm. should all go. Mm. go. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Well, if you didn't catch any of that in this craziness, just want to remind you, all the information that you need about Hope is on the website. You can find the program and everything that happens there. So just go there and you will find what you need to know. We're going to transition now to a few testimonies of um, great things that happened in our church life over the past few weeks. So um, over to the testimonies. Hi, my name's Nancy. I'm Elijah. someone would give us some money or donate us some money and um, to go on holiday because we really need a holiday and the next day we were we still prayed for some money for our holiday and we were finishing up our dinner and mummy was doing the washing up and, and putting the things in the dishwasher and mama came out with a shocked face and said we got some money for a holiday Yay! and we couldn't believe what God had done for us and better still on Friday we got some more money saying this is for your holiday we couldn't believe it it was amazing yeah, and it was amazing! And now we're praying for a dog! Hi, I'm Faye. Um, I belong to Hope Church Seven Oaks. Um, I just felt I needed to share what God's been doing in my life um, at this time. So recently I had to find myself uh, taking my mum and my daughter, um, well, my mum back home with my daughter in a car and the car facing a different way than it would normally when I take my mum home. I felt extremely led to um, go past a friend's house who I didn't realise at the time has been really struggling of late with um, anxiety and sleeplessness. So as we pulled up outside a house, I left my mum and my daughter in the car and knocked at the front door and there was no answer. So we went, I went, as I went round the back and um, I could see her through the window, she came to the door and she was very shaky, um, extremely tired and she did look like she needed prayer and there was nothing else I could do. So I did, I prayed for her at the door. I, I raised my left arm up to God and stretched my right arm out to my friend 
and we prayed. We prayed into anxiety, we prayed into sleeplessness, um, we prayed into the muzziness in her head um, and the fearfulness she had in her stomach. And the next morning I rang her to find out how she was and she'd slept all night. And I've continued to pray for her for the last five nights uh, rigidly. And most of those nights she slept really well. Um, we're still praying into anxiety and fearfulness. Um, but we know that God is working in this situation. We just know it. Um, but how I was led that night in the car just blew me away, really. I, I didn't hear voices, but I felt my directions were being led. Uh, that, that's what I really needed to share. And I have another friend who I've been praying for recently, um, for the last four weeks, a friend that was rushed into hospital with various problems, with fused together things in her stomach over various operations. Um, she too has been suffering with anxiety and depression and found it really hard to get up each day throughout lockdown. I've been praying for her and she's come out of hospital. She's on new medication. She's feeling so much better, but also she is desperate to know where we go for our walks. I often go to rivers with my children and lakes and she wants to know where we're going so she can get out. And um, we're still praying into various things. Uh, the fact that she's a psychic, we're, we're really praying into that. Um, and we've seen such a change in this lady, it's unbelievable. So again, I needed to share that, that it's just such a positive thing and God is answering. So I urge you to keep praying, really keep praying in these times. And my other friend, um, who's local to me and I went to school with, so I've known her since we were 11. Um, she has various problems. She has insomnia, um, anxiety, depression. There's various things going on amongst her children as well. And I pray for this young lady every day, every day without fail. And also her situation is turning around. Um, she's sleeping better. She belongs to a church in Swanley. Um, and she's just sharing. She's watching Ollie Knight with me every morning as well. And just sharing with him and all of us how prayers are being answered. And it's so positive and God is working. Hey everyone, welcome to Hope Church Seven Oaks. My name is Herman and I'm glad you could make today's sermon. Um, I'm also super happy. Lockdown is easing down. The sun is out, barbecue's out. Um, so things are looking better. There's a, there's a brighter hope there for all of us. And the title of the message is The Clock is Ticking. Tick tock, tick tock. So we're really going to get into this and uh, um, we're going to start off by a scene from a horror movie. It's literally that bad. It's some crazy things happening uh, and it really forces us to deal with some of the tough questions out there today. Um, there's also a strong warning which you and I can't ignore and we need to take that quite seriously. Before we get into it, let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for your son Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that your spirit come now and fill me so that whatever I say is from you, Lord God. Lord, let me die to myself and that this message be specifically for someone in our community. 
Lord God. Open everybody's hearts that's listening to this message right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Very good. So let, let's get straight into it. I'm going to give you a little bit of context to start with. Now you all remember in Luke 12, um, Jesus was talking about judgment. And we're now going to start continuing with Luke 13, where Jesus will answer some really difficult questions that people throw at him. We're only going to look at verse 1 to 9. There's two parts to it. Part A it's going to introduce this very cruel situation that's happening. Actually a crazy situation. Um, and there's some parallels to some of these things with what's happening in our world today as well. People then ask Jesus um, if God's judgments are worse upon certain people. So we're also going to look at that particular question and how Jesus deals with that. Um, then continues in part B um, where Jesus tells a parable and we're going to look at the parable of the fig tree very good so let's start with part a and we get straight into the words so if you've got a bible go grab it and let's read together it might also be on the screen here but yeah somewhere now very good so now on the same occasion there were some present who reported to him about the galileans whose blood pilot had mixed with their sacrifices oh my gosh crazy situation happening here bit of background the jews were not happy campers they were not happy with the situation currently in that city um, which was ruled by rome and they were being persecuted as a nation it was passover time so typically in passover time there was lots of offerings made to god by families and uh, you know that that it was a special time um, but Pilate the Roman leader you know he ordered the Jews to be executed to be killed essentially um, so there was a massacre it was so bad that people's blood were mixing with the blood of their offerings absolute crazy scenes horrific situation you can't even imagine you know what that must have been like for them the jews were like losing it and they went straight to jesus to get his reaction because they wanted you know we all know the jews thought jesus was going to start this rebellion against the romans but let's read on in verse 2 it says and jesus said to them do you suppose that these galileans were greater sinners than all other galileans because they suffered this fate. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower of, in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who lived in Jerusalem? Wow, massacres freak accidents suffering pain just crazy situation right now disaster really um this does sound familiar actually and what we're going through right now we're going through a pandemic a worldwide pandemic where thousands and thousands of people are dying we are seeing more and more violence happening on our streets in our parks um, we're seeing racism completely out of control and atrocities happening around the world today. 
um, definitely a few parallels that we can consider from from this story there's two key, key questions really that I want to get into from this passage of scripture today and these are questions that often gets asked by atheists and often get asked by by people you know even uh, Christians to be quite honest I've asked I've heard many people ask me these questions over time the first question I'm going to deal with I'm going to deal with suffering and evil I want to really tackle this this question up front if God loves us and he's in control how on earth will he allow evil why are there evil and suffering in this world now I've struggled for a very long time with this question you know I've struggled with this um, because in my past I've been through quite difficult times as a child and there were lots of suffering lots of difficulty lots of heartache and and challenges that I went through now I'm not going to get into that um, on this sermon today but I'm just glad that I could also read in the Bible that Job and Habakkuk had similar issues you know it says that they also felt like this and they had lots of questions about why evil is in this world you see church if you look at God's options on how he created the world it's important to understand these God had four options on how he created the world option one he could have created a world well no world really with none of us in it uh, it could have been a world without humans you know just animals everybody's just kind of happy and that's it um, that was his first option his second option was he can create a world where there's no good and no evil so good and evil is cut out that would have been kind of weird because we would have had to be like robots or something I don't know really but um, that, that was the second option that he had and then the third option uh, he could have you know chosen to have a world where we always choose the right thing we're always good you know on how we interact right but if you think about these first three options none of these three options provides humans mankind us people with free will so they, there's the there's the crux in it there's no free will and when there's no free will there's no there can't be love right and I'll get to that a little bit later and then there's option four and that's where God created this world he created this world that we are living in and that's a world where there's good and there's evil unfortunately there's a world with good and evil but there's also free will in this this world because mankind humans people us we have a choice we can decide if we want to put our trust in God right so I'm a father I've got three kids I love my kids and I love for them to love me back but as soon as I start forcing them to love me well it's probably not love because I'm forcing them to do something that's against their will right that's not true love and that's why God created us in the fourth option you know where love is possible in none of the other three scenarios love is actually possible if you think about it God knew what evil would do God knew that right so God controls things um, but he still allow it to exist because he wanted us to have a choice 
He wanted us to have a free relationship and a free choice with him. And that's to love. The reason why he's created the world with this free will and allowed evil to come in is to enable love. To enable love. God loves you. That's why he created this world in exactly this way. You just can't force love, right? So I think that's that's the first first thing. The problem is when we choose our way, my way, trusting in me, trusting in my money, trusting in people, trusting in situations, we move away from God's way, um, which is loving people, right? God's way is love. So when we do our own thing, we don't trust in Him anymore. And I think that's important. Um, this is what we call falling short of God's way, aka sin. We are falling short of God's way because we don't put our trust in Him anymore. And this always leads to pain. God created us so He knows. This creates pain. This creates evil, suffering, all the hardship happens because of that. It eventually leads to death as well if we don't put our trust in Jesus. Evil is unavoidable when you have free will. So hopefully that gives this question an adequate answer. The second question I wanted to get in straight today is the Jews were thinking that when you suffer more, you know, which is what happened to the Galileans and the 18 uh, people that died in this tower um, that you are a bigger sinner. So the more you suffer, the more God is paying. I laugh, but for several years in my life, in my high school years, I thought this, right? I had so many issues, man, so many challenges, and I did so many wrong things. I was not a very, uh, I was quite a naughty boy, actually, at school, to be quite honest. Um, and I thought God was punishing me, right? Um, I, I went through d tough times, but I started playing golf. You know, I was 11 years old and I played golf and I just used the golf course to get out there in the wild, in the bush and just playing, just kind of forget about stuff happening in life. And, and I was pretty good. You know, I remember I was playing this tournament and my friend said to me, Hey Herman, um, Retief Goosen is going to play this weekend and I just kind of freaked out. I was so happy, but I started really stressing. So I went, I teed off on the, I think it was the 10th hole. I didn't tee off on the first hole, teed, teed off on the 10th hole. And the first thing I do was I hooked my tee shot straight into the bush. And I will never forget this. I was walking down towards that bush. We called it a donga in South Africa. And I said to myself, I bet Retief Goosen doesn't have sin like I have. Because why would God allow me to suffer so much? You know, he must really have it in for me uh, because of my sin that I have in my heart. Um, this question worn me out for years um, and my wrong belief crushed me. I eventually walked away from God. I eventually walked away from golf. I think it was a couple of years later, I put the golf clubs down. I just couldn't play anymore. Um, you know, the funny thing is, Retief won the US Open nine years later. And at that stage, I was quite younger than him, actually. Uh, I could have really gone on to, to compete and do well. But my thinking 
and my wrong way of thinking just crushed me constantly. So I've learned that suffering has nothing to do with how bad your sin is today. Um, so let's continue. Verse 5 says, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, this is not Jesus, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Gosh, Jesus. Jesus it's the funny thing is Jesus was not even concerned about mixing of the blood with the offerings and he didn't even go there. I think I think he knew he was the ultimate offering, so that's why I didn't really want to make a big point about it. But he was saying, stop worrying about this. You guys are getting it wrong. You're getting it wrong. It says in Romans 3 verse 10, there is no one righteous, not even one. No one is righteous. Not even one person on this earth is righteous. Everyone has sinned. We were born with sin. And the servant on the mount, Jesus was talking about how anger, he said anger is the same as murder, right? So, I mean, that tells you there's really, there's no real ranking system here. And my whole life, I thought there's like a ranking system. Um, all sin is the same. I think we need to get that. The real disaster here is if you do not repent, right? That's the key question Jesus really want to get to here. If you do not repent before death comes. And I think that's really important. And you are caught of God and not ready. And we're still trusting in your things and your money and your people. You know, I think that's the real disaster. We, Jesus wants us to trust him and to give up everything for him. The Jews thought that they were righteous. They thought they were like so good. They refused to be seen as sinners, which is so sad. Um, and the problem is this still happens today with many, many, many people. Let's just stop on that word repentance. I thought I'll just get into that a little bit. It basically means to change your ways. It says in Luke 24 verse 46 and 47, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. I love the, mes the message translation. That word repentance, they've actually put another word in there. They basically said it is, and the total life change for the forgiveness of sins. <laughs> I love that. So repentance means total life change for the forgiveness of sin. It starts, church, by acknowledging that we need mercy. You need mercy. You need mercy from God and that you're a sinner. If you can't, if you can't get there, you're going to struggle with this. Um, your conduct cannot save you. And we need to stop trying to save ourselves. You're not going to save yourself. You cannot save yourself. You see, grace, what Jesus did on a cross, is a free gift. You can't earn it. You need to acknowledge that, that Jesus is the only Savior in your life. That's really important. Let's get into part B. Uh, and it's starts on verse 6. This is now the parable. Um, so Annie began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard and he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, behold for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. 
cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, let it alone, sir, for this year too, I'm going to come back to that, until I dig around it and put fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, then cut it down. I love this. One thing that is certain, which we all need to get, we all die. We are all dying. There's no one living in this world that has not died except for Jesus, right? But the issue is you don't know when you're going to die. You just don't know when it's going to happen. The fig tree without fruit is the sinner that don't repent. You know, um, This owner is merciful if you look at it and he's very patient. He waited for three years, right? And he, the owner provides us time to change our ways. I love what it says in 2 Peter 3 verse 9. It says that God is waiting for us to repent. He's waiting for you to repent. In Romans 2 verse 4, it says God's kindness, His kindness leads to repentance. Where has God been kind to you? Think about that. You can't earn the patience and the time He's giving you. This time, this patience, that is kindness. It is undeserved. Church, we're living on borrowed time. The keeper, again, I love this, the keeper then intercedes again and he asks for another year. He says, for this year too. So these, they've, they've had this conversation, right? You can clearly see they've previously had this discussion. And again, you can see God's kindness by allowing time God is so kind, but we need to move on. We need to move on. Tick tock, tick tock, time is moving on. We can't wait forever. That decision needs to be made. You don't know when your time is up. That's really important. In Matthew 18, 21, there's another fig tree. This is the fig tree that Jesus cursed. Jesus, and it says in the Bible, Jesus curses this unfruitful fig tree and it dies from the root up. At some point, our time runs out, church. Are you ready? Um, when will your time run out? Well, I don't know. But it is going to run out. Do you want your tree to start growing? Do you want to start seeing fruit in your life? Today, you can change your life. And I want to pray for us. And I want to pray for you if you want to make this decision today. So if, if you feel like today is the day that I want to change my life and I want to give my life and I want to put my trust in Jesus, you can say this prayer right after me. Right? Very good. Father God, Lord God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I've chosen my way, Lord God. I admit I need mercy. I admit I'm a sinner, Lord God. I know that, Lord God. Lord God, I believe that you love us, that you've sent your son Jesus to come and die for our sins and that he rose up to death and that he's alive today. Lord, I choose to live every single day from here on in to live for your kingdom and for your glory. Lord God, send your spirit right now and fill me and empower me to live a life to build your church and your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, thank you.
um, it was it was good to talk to you and uh, please hang around after the service we've got a zoom call planned um, so uh, hopefully you would have um, received that in the church email um, and uh, please please join us and uh, let's let's have some fun have a good day everybody cheers bye bye Thank you.